Hey, Random Chatter listeners. Welcome back to Random Chatter Interviews. In this episode, I sit down with one of my favorite people, Liz Twachman. You know Liz from the Random Chatter Show, but she's a social media powerhouse with a ton of experience blogging and running a video web series, along with a presence across a number of social media platforms. I have a great time talking to Liz, who I've actually known longer than anyone else on the network. Her energy, personality, and pop culture prowess are top-notch. We also tease a new project we're working on together, so look out for that. Once again, I want to express my thanks to listeners for some great feedback on the series. While I've loved doing each and every one of these interviews, they really are all for you, our listeners. So it's great to hear that you're enjoying them. My chat with Liz flew by, but was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Hey, Liz. How are you? Hi, Tim. I'm great. How are you? I am doing really well. Thank you very much for joining me on Random Chatter Interviews. Oh, thank you for having me. I love being on podcasts, and I like chatting with you, which we do often and is fun. Yes, we do. Um, and yeah, that's actually the cool thing. Uh, when I was thinking about our interview, uh, I was considering that it kind of popped into my head that I've known you in, in some fashion longer than anyone else on the network. Which is very funny. It is. We were, we've been social media friends for a few years. Yeah. Three years, four years. Yeah. Three or something. Uh, since I, I was in New York when we were social media friends and then I moved. Mm-hmm. So at least two years. So probably three. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think at least three you had, and, and, and we'll talk about these in a little bit because I, I think these are cool projects that you've done, but, um, I, I first got I first got associated with you finding your blog. Yeah, uh, it was around about the time it was soon after I had started my professional blog, and I found yours. And then uh, you had a video blog that you did that was associated with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I followed you on that, and then Twitter, and then last October. Is when we first finally met. Epic, actual, real life meeting. Yeah, yeah, real, real stuff. Yeah, I was down in uh, in the Orlando area for work with Eric, and uh, we ended up getting together, the three of us, and hung out for a while. And it was awesome to like finally meet you. Yeah, it was so cool. And uh, you know, the other thing about it, I always remember is like we were hanging out for like four hours. <laughs> Just talking and like drinking at that whatever nerdy pub I took you to. And it was awesome. And it's such a interesting thing to meet somebody that you've known on social media, which can be a superficial way to meet somebody for mm-hmm. it to become such a meaningful like friendship and relationship that, that we now have, I feel like. And that's so cool and different. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've never done, we're going to talk about, I think maybe some dating stuff too, because you have a lot of the foundation of some of the social media stuff you do is dating related. And, and, and I, I find it interesting. I find it funny and I don't mean to, to like call it funny in a negative way toward. Oh no, no. It's supposed to be funny. You know, I, I, I have, I can imagine I've never done the online dating thing, but I, I imagine that that's kind of like that potential awkward thing of, you know, you're, you're meeting someone online and then you meet them in real life. And then it's like, Oh, this is really awkward and stuff, but it was never awkward when we got together. And then, you know, we kind of hit it right off. And then, uh, uh, when kind of the world converged on Orlando for Star Wars celebration, uh, this spring, amazing. we were able to get together again a couple times, uh, down there with, with, uh, with the group. 
and uh, and it was a lot of fun. We we had a really good time. Yeah, and I actually when I was reflecting about celebration um to go back to what you're saying about online dating is I really it was such an interesting juxtaposition of like meeting all of these people that I've made friends with online and having it not be awkward whereas when I've met anybody for online dating in person with the potential of dating, it has been super awkward. And I was like, why, why can't it be, why can't that be like what this was at, at celebration with all of these amazing people that I just kept meeting and it being like, I already know you and you already know me and we're coming at it from this different place, which is what I kept thinking online dating would be like. And then it wasn't. And I was like, dang it. Why isn't it like this? So it's, yeah, that's it. it like, it's how online dating should be, except for without the dating part, which is the part that I hate anyway. So <laughs> it made it yeah. better. There's less expectation maybe that when you're just coming as friends. Yeah, I think. And I was just thinking that, that it's a, there's a different perspective. There's a completely different expectation of it. Yeah. When you're just getting together just to hang out and it's cool to finally meet someone in person who you have had interactions with for whatever period of time. And, and again, for us, it was, you know, at, at least a couple, three years that we had had a lot of a lot of cool interactions and kind of followed each other's uh, journeys and stories and, and all that. So it was it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. So I very often and we're going to dig into a lot of that stuff. But with random chatter interviews, uh, how I very often start off with folks is is back to the very beginning. Okay. Um, and and actually before we started recording, you mentioned that you listened to Girl and Guy Aisha Tyler's podcast. Mm-hmm. And so she often starts off with. Where were you born? And so that's kind of my question because it, it always comes up with some some fun stories for folks. So so where were you born? I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my dad was a pastor at the time. I'm a preacher's kid. And um, we were living in – or my parents were living in Bethlehem, Georgia um, before I was born. I was born the day after Christmas. And oh. – in, and then born in Atlanta, but my parents wanted to call me Beth, and so they na- they wanted to name me Bethlehem because I was born the day after Christmas, and we lived in Bethlehem, Georgia, and thank goodness they didn't <laughs> because I go by Liz instead of Beth, which is what I was called growing up. It was Beth because my name is Elizabeth, um, and if I had been Bethlehem, like what could I have changed it to? Lahem? Like that would not have worked. Um <laughs> So yeah, but I was born in Atlanta. Very cool. And how long were you in Atlanta for? Only about two years and change till my brother was born. He was born at the same hospital. And then we moved to Florida. And my dad got appointed at a church, like a small church in Live Oak, very, very tiny country town. And he was a pastor until I was in the third grade. So we lived in like these little country church towns for till, till third grade. Very cool. Yeah. I've always wondered, how does the pastoral thing work? Is that like applying for a job or is there like a higher echelon that says, hey, we just kind of want to move you over to this other church? How, do, how does that happen? For different denominations, there's different different ways that they do it. My dad was a Methodist pastor, which is that uh-huh. I work at a Methodist church now, so it's the same situation. But there is a uh, like a board that or like a like the bishops make the decisions um, and so they appoint you to the church that you'll be in based on the needs of the church and based on the skills of the pastor. So they really sort of like match with the needs and then move them based, you know, some will stay for a really long time. Some will move every two years, just depends on the situation. 
so he was he was appointed as far as I know. Gotcha. I was like okay. two, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of how it works. Cool. So what was your whole experience growing up? Um, I have really bad memories from child. Not bad. They're not bad memories. I just have a bad memory. Um, <laughs> that's put that the very wrong way. Cause I have a lovely childhood. I just have like a bad, I just have a bad memory of details. I don't, I have impressions that I remember. Um, we moved around not a lot. I mean, just we moved twice when I was younger and then we moved here to winter park in the third grade, which is where I stayed till high school. Um, very like a conservative Christian household. Uh, you know, we went to church on Sundays and I was a bad student. Um, after middle school, I was a terrible student, which surprises people because I love learning. I love like expanding my knowledge base on topics. And in high school, that was like super not the case. I hated school. Um, Mm. and I don't know why I have zero recollection of why I didn't because, now looking back at the things that I like skipped out on learning, like I didn't finish Pride and Prejudice. That's one of my favorite books. Like what was wrong with me? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but I was in the band. I was a total band geek in uh, middle school and high school. I played the oboe. <laughs> um, the oboe? Yeah. That's pretty obscure. Yeah, nobody. Like no one plays. I've, I've never met an oboe player before. Yeah. Well, now you have. But nobody chose the oboe. And I was like. I think the oboe is so cool. And I used to, we used to have this record. My dad's a big record guy. And we had this record of, um, of Peter and the Wolf. And the oboe part was so oh, captivating yes. to me because you eat, you hear each instrument so distinctively. And sometimes people mm-hmm. get the oboe and the clarinet confused. But if you listen, they're very, very different. They're very distinctive sounds. And so, um, I don't know why I just was in love with the oboe. Nobody picked it. I sort of, like picking the thing that nobody likes or nobody thinks to pick. I like to explore the, you know, the road not taken to get Robert Frosty with you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like the oboe. That's the instrument for me. And in the sixth. What character in Peter and the Wolf was the oboe? You know what? I can't remember now, but like I said, me and my terrible memory, but um, I don't know. I was going to look it up, but I don't know how fast I can do that. <laughs> I remember Peter and the Wolf so much from grade school, like probably first, second, third grade, something like that, music class. And I I remember it coming up. I remember it enough that I think it probably came up at least two or three years in a row in music class. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I always thought it was cool that, you know, hey, different instruments represent different characters in the story. And I vaguely remember some of the tunes, but I don't really remember much of even the story. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the duck is the oboe. Um, oh, okay. But same. I remember the duck being in there, but. Yeah. Like. I, I got to look this up again. <laughs> yeah. Same. Because I, I remember, again, I remember the impression, like the fact that that was something that sparked my interest in the oboe, but I couldn't sing it to you or tell you details. I just remember that like he had this record. We used to listen to it. And that was when it came time to choose an instrument in the sixth grade. For some reason, oboe stuck in my head and I was super uninterested in any other instrument. Um, and that was like the instrument for me. And then in high school, uh, my ninth grade in ninth grade, 
you're not supposed to march oboes because anybody, any of my fellow band geeks out there tweet me because for real, my band director had us marching oboes and bassoons, also another instrument you don't march, um, as like a gimmick, but because it's a double reed instrument, they break so easily. They're very fragile and they're expensive reeds. And so when, uh, he left because of money embezzlement um so he yeah he left in my 10th grade year and we had a new director come in and he was like why the f are we marching oboes (laughs) we were all like (laughs) we don't know (laughs) and so we had to choose a second instrument and i picked the stupid flute which i hate sorry to flute players out there but i don't like the flute and it's just because it was like this secondary choice that i didn't want to make I should have picked something like the saxophone, but I didn't. I didn't want to learn another instrument. I'd spent so much time on the oboe, and I loved it. I was like, why do I have to pick another stupid instrument? Do do you still have your oboe? I do still have it somewhere. I don't know. I haven't played since probably maybe a year or two after high school, which was a long Mm. time ago. Um, But I wonder if I would still be able to remember anything. Probably not. Uh, I didn't even buy a flute because I was so mad. at My parents were like, we should get you a flute. And I was like, don't buy me a flute. We'll rent one or something. I'm not owning a stupid flute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hated the flute. Poor flute. I don't blame you. Were you even still able to play oboe in like a a performance band or were you just marching band or what what was the situation? Uh, Marching season is like the, is coincides with football season. And then the spring you have Mm -hmm. orchestra season because the football players aren't playing. So we would have orchestra for the second half and I would play oboe for that. So that I always like, I loved marching. I loved marching band and the whole culture of marching, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing the instrument I liked. So I was like super excited for orchestra. So I could play my instrument. It was like weird because I. So I, I guess I ended up liking both seasons for different reasons. But I don't know. Ninth grade just always stuck in my head because I was doing both the whole time, and it was so bad. Like we we did Evita was our show, um, and we sang "Don't Cry for Me Argentina." That's how bad our director was. <laughs> we were like, "Why are we singing? We're not in chorus." <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Two completely different skills. Yes. Which, One that you are not practiced in, and hey, we're going to do it anyway. Right. As a whole band on a marching field in the middle of a football game. You know what people who come for a football game want to hear? Evita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was a, it was strange times. <laughs> See, but you and Chris could talk marching band stuff because uh, Chris was also marching band in high school. He was a trumpet player. Oh, see, trumpet players were the jam at my high school. They were the hottest ones. So, yeah, they were definitely the hot ones. They were so intimidating. I was like, I can't talk to trumpet players. What, am I going to walk over there with my oboe? Like, <laughs> it didn't, <laughs> did not work out. <laughs> They're going to say, hey, nice oboe. Uh-huh, exactly. How, how are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> That's not a real thing, Tim. <laughs> That's like good online dating experience. Ah, oxymoron. Not a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So aside from band and oboes, what uh, what else interested you as a kid? What else were you into? I was, I mean, Star Wars obviously um, was my number one love <laughs> from a very young age. Um, I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me, many, many inches taller than me. So a lot of people thought he was older for my whole life. But um, he sort of... Uh, I think when I was younger, I used to say that I introduced him to all the nerdy things, but he really introduced me to most of the nerdy things. 
Um, and he was like, he's like my favorite person in the world. And so whatever he did, I really was like interested in. So we would, uh, Star Wars was my parents doing though, cause they really introduced it to us as fans of Star Wars. My whole, my whole family's a bunch of nerds. So, um, we come by that very, very honestly. And, um, I just don't, I don't remember a time when I didn't know everything there was to know about Star Wars or hadn't, I don't remember my first time seeing it. I don't remember ever not knowing that Vader was Luke's father or that Leia and Luke were sister and brother. And like, I just, all those secret things that like you discover as you watch Star Wars, they were always known to me. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting when people talk about like their first time watching Star Wars. I'm like, well, I don't know. It just was always there. And so that was, that's like always been numero uno. But we also really loved Power Rangers and we loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the classic originals. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, like animated Batman, animated Superman, animated X-Men and Spider-Man all like in the nineties were our mm-hmm. favorite things to watch. Um, and, we, and just anything. Oh, also, Jer- my brother was not interested in this, but Jim and the Holograms was my other jam. Um, <laughs> Barbie and the Rockers was my favorite cassette tape. Um, anything 80s now is super nostalgic to me. And, like, my whole persona is very 80s now because of all of that. All the best things happened out of the 80s to me, I think. I, You know, I'll tell you, I liked a lot of the 80s and early 90s stuff. I think there was a lot of really cool and fun pop culture-y things that came out of it. I mean, yeah, there's there's a few that are cringeworthy, but overall it was it was fun. It was fun and and it's funny that now pop culture things that come about now that reflect back on the 80s and the early 90s that there's like so many people are like, "Oh, this is such a cool new thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, there's nothing new about this. This is just a recycle of something from the 80s or the 90s. Yeah, or all these reboots that are happening, you know, uh, sort of, I mean, inf- inferior reboots. <laughs> Plenty of inferior reboots. But it's like, I feel like it's like trying to capture something that came so so authentically in the 80s and is so redone and not authentic anymore coming out of these reboots. I mean, some of them are going to hit, some of them are going to miss, but like, I think it's trying to capture that like sort of the essence of the eighties for some reason. Well, like, you know, the show that just that's out now is glow that I think really captures it and is wonderful. It's like my Mm -hmm. new obsession. Um, but it's a tough, it's tough to recapture the past. Like you can't let it be what it was and then come up with something new. But that's like the whole, we talk about that plenty on, on random chatter about like just rehashing things. Exactly. And, and it's, Certain things worked well because of the era that they were in. Totally. And so you put them in now and it's, and it's cheesy. You know, if it was the eighties and the nineties, it wasn't cheesy. It worked in pop culture for us. We liked it. We enjoyed it. But yeah, if you recycle it, it, it may not work. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's this perfect storm of, of factors that come together sometimes that makes something really successful. And I think it's challenging for that to happen again. And I think a lot of people just kind of make the assumption of, oh, hey, look, we can just redo XYZ show and it's going to be a hit now because it was a hit 30 years ago. Right, right. They're 
they're playing on nostalgia instead of co- quality content, which is what it was then was quality content, not nostalgia. It was new and it was fresh. So it's not anymore. And it's like a, it's like a sad high school quarterback just keep replaying the past and like <laughs> hoping that that's going to spark his career. Well, it's not. You're not doing anything new. Like stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the eighties, that's my jam. That's my vibe. That's my life. Like I love the eighties. <laughs> sure. And there's, yeah, there's just, there's cool pop culture things that come out of it. And one thing that I am very impressed with, I mean, you, you say that you have a bad memory, but the stuff that you come up with when we talk movies, TV shows, actors, directors, producers, that kind of stuff, you, you know them very well. Yes. Um, yes. I oftentimes I forget names. You know, I can tell you that, oh yeah, this movie is done by the same person that did that movie, but I don't remember the name of the person who did it. Um, you are very good with that recall. And so that's why it's fun talking to you on Random Chatter. And you and I are working on a project with another host that's going to be coming up shortly. We're, we're, we're not going to announce that here, but we, we will be announcing that uh, on the Random Chatter show pretty soon. New secret project. <laughs> yes, with our super secret project. Uh, but our project kind of taps into some of that because you have such awesome recall of that. So you are like so plugged into a lot of pop culture stuff, which is awesome. I am. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know why like my memory and my recall extends only to pop culture. It doesn't extend to like my own personal life. <laughs> like someone will be like, hey, remember that time? And I'll be like, no. No, I don't remember that. But let me tell you uh, everything about uh, whatever movie, like uh, uh, the production of The Princess Bride. But I'll tell you all about it. Like that's such a sure. like a why is my memory only <laughs> for that? And it's so weird. Um, but that's just how my brain works. I don't know. Um, I, same way with like lyrics. I can memorize lyrics so easily. Like I just pick it if like we're just in the car and it's like radio roulette i could probably know the song that would come on i'm very good at that i don't know why movie quotes like all of that just it's something it's like the way that it references things and the time when i saw it or that's just the way that i relate to things i don't know it's strange Mm -hmm. but yeah i do have ridiculous amount of pop culture knowledge (laughs) in my brain and i think i should have like I don't know, done something with that in college instead of like, I took a crusades class. I couldn't tell you the majority of the stuff that I learned in that class about the crusades, but I could tell Mm -hmm. you about movies and stuff. So I probably should have taken, I don't know, like directing or or, I don't know, (laughs) acting class or something that would use that knowledge, but I didn't. (laughs) Well, but it's just fun talking to you because you remember these things and you don't just throw them out there as, facts or partial facts you're able to tie them into the discussion you make it very relevant thank you and and yeah i I think that's a that's a great part of of like who you are and as part of your kind of very you have a very broad pop culture fandom you're you're you have a lot of interest in a lot of things i do it's very very broad i also really try hard not to be like a know-it-all with any of it. Like, I don't want to be like, actually, um, the, the director of blah, blah, blah was that instead of that. How dare you not know that? Like, I hate when somebody does that to me of like sort of gatekeeping nerd culture. 
I mm-hmm. want like, and you are definitely not like that. You do, you've never come across that way. Thank you. I try very hard not to. I want to like talk about fun stuff, and I want to like, oh, it was actually this person, like whatever or whatever. I don't. I just never wanted to come off of sounding like uh, my like my brain is bigger than your brain. It's super not, and everybody has a different knowledge base and comes at fandom from a different place. And I think it's so interesting to see where like I didn't come into fandom in the Marvel universe or DC universe from comics because I have a really hard time keeping up with serials because it's just too hard for me to like remember to go out and buy a new one or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, it doesn't work for me. And I really enjoy books. I read a lot of books. Um, I have a star Wars book club. I love, I just love books, but for some reason I can do books much easier than I can do comics just because of the, the nature of the releases that they come out with. So I never got into it from comics and I get a lot of pushback sometimes from guys that are like, Oh, you didn't read the comics. How dare you speak into Marvel? And yet I can talk to you about every single Marvel cinematic universe event from beginning from Iron Man till now. So does that mean my fan base is in, is less than yours or that my, my Mm -hmm. love of it, right? So I try not to do that to anyone else because I really dis, dislike when it's done to me and I think that fandom is so inclusive and that like we all have our nerdy experience across the board and they're all really different and that's what makes us the same is that right is that we're different and I think that about everything I mean not to get political or any because we just talked about that but I think across the board when you have differences the fact that you are different is the thing that makes you able to find similarity that's that's just how I've always seen it so I I, I love knowing that stuff and I love talking about it. So I appreciate having a chance to talk about it with you all the time and like, um, you know, finding common, you know, kindred spirits on Twitter who are like, oh, well, I just, I was just in a Twitter chat. It's called hashtag the, the girl gang. And they were talking about TV shows. And there's this British comedy called The Vicar of Diddley with Don French that is like one of my favorite shows and I love it. It has Richard <laughs> Armitage in the final season. It's hilarious. Don French plays um, the the fat lady in the door at Hogwarts in the third movie of Harry Potter. Um, okay. And so when she sings, she sings and breaks the glass and she's like, oh! just the sound of my voice like that's her and she's <laughs> okay. in the show and so this these like three people were like we love that show and i was like amazing no one ever knows that show so like it's so cool to find kindred spirits for like weird random things that you love that's something that i think is really cool about the internet is is it broadens your chance of finding a like-minded person a like-minded friend which is what it did for us so that i think that's really cool Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's a lot of fun British comedy out there. And, and it's something I think that everyone should at least sample. Oh, my it gosh. It may not be for everyone. Um, it's a completely different comedy style than what we are used to here. But things like Faulty Towers, um, yeah. the IT crowd. I love the really, IT crowd. Oh, my gosh. The IT crowd is just hilarious. And and it's it's fun to see, well, hear people make those references, um, you know, around here, you know, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some, some really cool stuff that's out there and, you know, I mean, you can find it probably streaming. You can find some of it on Netflix. You could just, a lot of people get at least, you know, BBC America, um, or yeah. PBS that will sometime show those, uh, you know, put those shows on and they're fun to at least just sample them and see if you like them. And if you do, there's there's kind of this rabbit hole. I mean, to us, 
it seems obscure because it's not mainstream in the U.S., but right. there's there's a lot of really good British comedy. Definitely. And I grew up on, like, Monty Python. My dad's a huge mm-hmm. Monty Python fan, and they always watched Faulty Towers, so we watched some yep. of that. And, like, Ministry of Silly Walks was, like, one of my favorite bits that they would do. And um, mm-hmm. just uh, all of that British comedy speaks to my heart directly, and Vicar of Dibley has so, many, so much of that. Um, and so... That's just cool to find somebody who's like, yeah, Don French. And I'm like, no one ever knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they know who she is, maybe, but they don't know about the show. And it's, I love it. So, yeah, fringe, fringy fandoms. I've got lots of those. <laughs> no, that's, that's, and, and like I see you talk about a lot of it on, on Twitter and mention different things. And there's different things that, that you do now. And, and there's some, some really, really cool stuff um, that, that you put out there. And I think that, you know, you you have a very significant social media presence, and and you're very engaging, and you like to put a lot of stuff out there. And you are not at all a gatekeeper. You're very very open about things, and you encourage people to look at things. And I'm I'm hopeful, and I'm guessing that people have sampled some of the things that you talk about because you are so enthusiastic about them. Yeah, I don't have like. I don't have like thousands and millions of followers, but I have the followers that I have and the people that I engage with, um, are so, are so equally engaging and interesting in continuing a dialogue or they'll be like, I got when, um, uh, when Wonder Woman came out, I had a lot of people like just come to me and ask like, Hey, I have a kid because they know I'm an aunt. And so they'll, they'd be like, I have a kid. Like, do you think this would be appropriate for them? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and just ask my opinion on stuff, which is super cool. And I love being able to like come at it from, from my knowledge point to be able to advise or to help or to answer a question. Like that's so fun for me. And I think that's such a cool thing that I am a person that they would think like, Oh, I have an eight year old. Would they be able to handle X, Y, Z, you know? And, and for me to be like, I have a knowledge base, not only from being an Annie for many years, but being an aunt, but also being a nerd and being somebody who's very like, um, like, protective of like children and and what they Mm -hmm. can handle or what they should handle my mom's a preschool director so i've been around Mm. like kids forever um and i'm really great with kids i don't have any kids but i love kids so i love being able to come at it from that perspective which is different and something maybe you don't like not a lot of people are talking about necessarily on a broad spectrum in nerddom they're not like oh but what about the kids you know so I, I love having like sort of a different, a whole bunch of different places that I try to come to it from. Like fitness is something, I mean, uh, that isn't really paired with nerdiness that often, but is a way that I find a way to connect with my nerdy side and with like mm-hmm. movies and stuff too. So I love those set, like unusual pairings really are something that I try to do and excite me. Well, and it's cool to kind of mash things up a little bit, it, it, whether it's in your fandom or in your life, bring together different things that you like and you enjoy, figure out how they can come together and and then kind of capitalize on them um, and, yeah. and further enhance your experience and your enjoyment of, of both of them separately and or together, you know, ideally together if you're if you're going to kind of do a bit of bit of a mashup. Yeah, it crosses like the bubbles of what you love and makes it even deeper because it's not yeah. just one thing. You're putting more than one thing together, which is 
cool. It's like a mashup. When you see like a mashup at a con, when you're like, it's a Jack Sparrow stormtrooper, you're like, what? Like that's awesome. oh yeah, exactly. That's like so mind cool. blowing stuff. Right. Exactly. Like that person is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of cosplay, yeah, you and your family, yes, have a really cool and very fun Christmas tradition. We do. It's, it is unique and different. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It started, uh, I think, seven years ago. I'm trying to remember how far back we've gone. But um, we, it, me and my cousin, my two cousins, my brother and my adopted brother, the five of us, were doing... Thanksgiving pictures for our family. We were like, we want to take these nice pictures. We want to give them to the family for Christmas. Um, my grandmother's house is the oldest house in Winter Park. It's like, uh, it's mm. close to 200 years old. It's wow. three stories, has basement, which is a no-no in Florida, but it's got one. <laughs> it's got secret passages. It's got like secret cool. closets and closets and under stairs doors and like cool stuff like that. Um, and we have this epic costume closet that's got old clothes that my grandmother wore, like just everything, tutus and just whatever is in there. And so we were like, why do a normal family Christmas picture when we can dress up in Victorian clothing and do a Victorian family Christmas picture? Um, so we all got dressed up. My brother's in like a bowler hat and we're in like suits and coats and tails and dresses and flower crowns and like just super Victorian hats and gloves and everything, um, which really fits in the style of the house. So we went around the house and we did like um, the cousins singing hymns by the piano, uh, listening to a sermon in the library, <laughs> standing awkwardly on the stairs as one does in Victoria era. <laughs> And so we took all these weird, like, random pictures, and we had so much fun, the five of us, that we were like, um, why don't we do this for Christmas? <laughs> and so we gave everybody the pictures at Christmas and told them what we did, and, like, everybody thought it was really fun. And so we were like, guys, let's do this next year, but let's vote on a theme, and let's all get crazy. And so we voted on Harry Potter, and... Which, because like I said, my whole family's a bunch of nerds, and it's not just like me and my mom and my dad and my brother, but it's my grandmother, my aunt and my uncle, my cousin, my cousin's husband, now my nephew. Like, they're all a bunch of nerds. It's wonderful. Cool. Uh, I'm very much in like a kindred, like it's, I'm not an oddball in my family, which is lovely, which is why I've never felt like, I've never had that thing where you're like, uh ashamed of your nerddom. I I feel like people have gone through periods of that where they're like ashamed of what they like because they get made fun of. I mean, not that I didn't get made fun of in school and stuff, but I also was like, get over yourself um, at some point. (laughs) But when you have that acceptance in your family, then you don't feel like you have to prove yourself to other people sometimes because you're accepted somewhere. So we did Harry Potter the first year and my uncle was like, hey, we should put a put up a green screen and take pictures in front of it and I will edit them so it looks like we're in the movie. And we were all like, of course you should because that is exactly what should happen at Christmas. That is awesome. Uh, Yeah. So it started off as a very like a smaller green screen and now it's an entire wall that goes up. It's a wall-sized floor rollout green screen so we can really get into it, make video and like have more than one person in it. And so it's quite in-depth. So we did... Let's see the whole breakdown. We've done Harry Potter was first, and then we voted on Narnia. And then, of course, mm-hmm. we did Star Wars. Then we did Lord of the Rings, 
Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Who, superheroes and villains. Last year was Star Trek. Oh no, last uh, two years ago was Star Trek. Last year was Wizard of Oz, and yes. then this year is Doctor Seuss. Oh, how cool! Yeah, so we vote on a theme the year before. Um, usually at my birthday, like I said, day after Christmas. So we vote on the theme. Then we start to declare our characters throughout the year so we don't have any doubles. And then we have a costume contest. We usually do some sort of an extra activity. Like for Lord of the Rings, we built Gingerbread Shire, like a whole Gingerbread Shire. (laughs) It it was amazing. At Star Trek, we had a Star Trek, like a dance line dance that my cousin or my sister-in-law had learned this, like Star Trekking. If you Google Star Trekking across the universe, there's this dance. And this song that's that she learned at camp. <laughs> and so we had, like, Star Trek dance teaching. I don't know. It was very, oh like, line dancing. <laughs> sure. So anything that anyone thinks to bring to the table, my dad does origami, so he'll usually do origami. Um, my brother does, like, die-cut uh, snowflakes for each one. So he does these crazy snowflakes of each of the characters and stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then we have like cookies. And so we'll do my, my sister-in-law is big into like decorating the cookies. And so it's, it's become a production and we usually have about 30 people not in our family, like come to our Christmas, um, and take pictures and like be a part of it. So it's usually not on Christmas day and we don't exchange gifts, but it's like this one specific thing now. Cause we used to do gifts and have it be our actual Christmas, but it's, it's sort of grown into, a, uh, its own thing. So if you're in Orlando at Christmas time and you want to come to Dr. Seuss Christmas, let me know and you can totally come. Everyone is invited. We, we love having extra people. It's so fun. Oh. And Dr. Seuss is like, you can just get crazy with Dr. Seuss. I know. I know. Well, we had a, uh, we had a voting war because it was also the year we were trying to get Disney in the pool, but Disney. Okay. I have very specific ideas and rules about what I want Disney Christmas to be. (laughs) I am a huge Dis nerd. If you're on my Instagram or my Twitter, you will know this immediately or my blog. You will know this immediately. I have very specific Disney parameters, um, and everybody got really confused about my parameters, so we swung the boat the other way, and my cousin was pissed because I had convinced her to go for Disney, but I was like, I decided at the last minute to abandon you and your boat. Um, but so I want to have, like, the princess era, like, all the princess movies. I want the buddy movies. I want a live action. Like, I want three separate Christmases. I don't want, like... Oh, just Disney anything. I'm not having Jack Sparrow at the same party as like Simba. Like, get mm. out of okay. here. <laughs> okay. That, no, that makes sense. Right? I, I would say, yeah, you, you have to get a little bit more focused because just Disney is, is very broad. I mean, right. to say Star Wars is fine because that's still, right. it's, it's big enough where you can get a lot of variety like Dr. Seuss, but it's not so expansive. I mean, Disney's a production studio, so that's like saying, okay, anything Paramount. Well, no, that's crazy. Well, I mean, even if you go into, like, Disney Animated, like, I don't want the Great Mouse Detective next to Little Mermaid. Like, what am I going to do with that? I can't do anything (laughs) with that. You know? And so one of the things we always do is we do these pairings. So for Star Wars, it's easy. We did villains. We did the good Mm -hmm. guys. We did the Jedi. We did the Sith. We did the Stormtroopers. We did, you know, we did all these pairings. And you can't do that if you've got, like, uh, you know, like, Flounder and, uh, you know, I I don't know anybody else. Like, it just doesn't work. 
So right. I really was thinking like, how can we, I don't, I don't like to get like too crazy about it because we invite a lot of extra people and we want it to be easy for them. And I was like, yeah. dude, if we get into Disney, it's just going to be like, crazy town because some people are going to be like star wars is disney well get out of here do you know anything oh yeah it is but exactly. it's not like get over it exactly well yeah i mean you'd be sending people a three-page paper saying this is our theme except <laughs> right here's the box that you have to stay within um yeah, yeah merry that's, christmas that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah merry christmas here's our rules here's the rules yeah we try to like leave it very open to interpretation we definitely had a stormtrooper at star trek christmas we didn't kick him out you know yep, yep. um you know someone had to go rogue but so <laughs> i was like seuss the kids are like little my niece and my nephew are both um they'll they'll be two or one one will be one and one will be two and mm-hmm. dr seuss is such a fun a fun one for them to oh, engage in because the colors and it'll be the, it's the books that they read, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is perfect for this age. When they're older, let's definitely do Disney because they're going to want to pick characters. But let's not right. do it when they're, you know, two and one and don't really understand what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So what are you – can can you announce what you're dressing up as for Dr. Seuss Christmas? I haven't decided yet. I can oh, I can said. definitely give you my ideas that I'm thinking of. Um, well, so to uh, going back through history, I was talks for Harry Potter Christmas, um, which I wish. So this is my one regret is I really wanted to be Bellatrix Lestrange because she's awesome. Mm. And I feel like I could pull her off really well. Um, yes. Right. And but my my at the time we weren't doing villains. Um, because it was Christmas oh, okay. and we don't do villains, but now of course everybody does villains. So I, it's like, I missed my chance to be the first one to do a villain, but, um, right. I was, still be fun. I know. Yeah. Well, v- t- villains don't have to be bad on Christmas. Well, of course. And it's just for pictures <laughs> and fun and like good costumes. I'm not actually mm-hmm. going to be like Avada Kedavraing people. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> that'd be awkward. But, um, I was Susan Pevensey for Narnia. Um, I was Padme at the end of episode one with the white robe and the ball and the head and the like parasol thingy, um, behind her in episode one for Star mm-hmm. Wars. Which is a very impressive costume. I, I've, I've seen pictures. Yeah, I have it in my, I have it actually draped over my Glinda for in my room. Um, and it mm-hmm. looks really cool. I feel like it could have been used as like a bridal robe of some kind, but. Uh, maybe I'll auction it off one day because I really don't use it for anything. Um, or maybe I'll cosplay one time because I've never cosplayed at a con. So maybe that's my like one chance. But Yeah, absolutely. And then for Doctor Who, I was River, naturally. Mm-hmm. I have the river hair. Um, yep. Heroes and Villains, I was Harley Quinn because yep. she's my, my girl. And then for Lord of the Rings, I was Legolas. Cool. Um, for which other one? Oh, Star Trek. I was seven of nine. Oh, awesome. Which was a good one. And then last year I was Glinda. So this year I'm thinking either, I think I was thinking of Cindy Lou Who, but I feel like she'd be a little easy to do. And I like to go for something that's more like accurate, but also more difficult. I don't know, to Mm -hmm. like more elaborate. So I was also thinking of maybe being like a really cool looking truffula tree. 
like a really from the Lorax, which is my favorite Dr. Seuss book. Yes. Yep. Or my other option, which I'm really sort of like leaning towards is a Starbelly Sneetch because that's another one of my favorites. (laughs) And I think that would be fun to do. And I'd have like a whole like big costume with like a belly and a star on it and like ears and a whole thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so cool because you can do crazy hair. Yeah. And... A lot of like things with like wires supporting structures of costumes and all sorts of neat stuff. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of colors and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so very uh, cool. everybody hasn't declared what they're going to be yet, but we usually start declaring around like unless unless it's just a theme that like we just all know what we want. Star Wars was so easy; everybody just started declaring the minute we voted on the theme. <laughs> sure. Um, but this one's a little different because there's just so many options and like what can you actually come up with and accomplish in the time? Because usually no one starts until November, <laughs> even though we have all year. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fun. So just putting it out there. If anyone's in Orlando at Christmas time, it's usually not on Christmas Day. So it's around Christmas. But any any listeners in the area that want to come, it's fun to bring kids to. It's fun to just like you'll get a picture taken and whatever. So people are totally welcome. Just do you do like a neighborhood parade? No, but we totally like should. On the street, you absolutely should. Hobbit. I mean, we did Lord of the Rings when it coincided with one of the Hobbit releases. I forget which movie mm. was which, which one it was coming out. But Denny's had a Hobbit breakfast, and so we went in costume to Denny's and ate the Hobbit breakfast. Oh, that's awesome! Which was amazing, except for the it was sort of disappointing because none of the workers like blinked an eye, and we were like. Are you joking? Like, like my cousin well, was the Balrog. It is the Orlando area. Well, I know. They but see a lot of wacky things. But not in Winter Park at Christmas time. I was like, true. Out of all true. the times to be like, hey, this is cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, my cousin Sterling was the Balrog, and my sister-in-law was Shelob with, like, extra spider arms and everything. And we were like... No, nothing. No. Hello. My dad is like a really convincing Gandalf. Like we killed it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my family. That's, that's my roots. (laughs) That's cool. We're awesome. Cool. So college. College. You went to college. I went to college. I did. What did you do? Where did you go? I went to Florida State. Go Nose. I'm a big football fan. Huge college ball. I don't care about NFL. I could care less, but I care about college ball. (laughs) Um, so in the season, college season, don't at me because I am busy watching college football. <laughs> don't at Lizzie. No. Unless it's about the Seminoles, then we can talk. Um, I mean, we can talk about other things too. But yeah, I went to Florida State. I actually went to Tallahassee Community College and then transferred my credits over because I applied very, very late to college. I was going to go to a private college called Asbury. It's a private Christian college that my parents met at. And so I was like legacy to go. My grandparents went there. Like everyone in my family went there. And I was like, oh, of course I'll go there, whatever. Because I didn't really think much about it. But I was in, like I wanted to be a fashion designer and I was an artist. And at the last minute I was like, they don't even have an art program. Like why am I going there? Um, Uh And so I switched at the very last minute and didn't get into FSU. So I went to community college and then transferred over. And I studied fashion design. Um, And then I got, was apparel design and technology. Officially, and then I got an internship in New York and moved up there um, at the end of my last semester and didn't have a place to stay. 
uh, didn't know where I was going to live. My parents had their like luggage, my luggage, and we were like in a hotel room. And then my uncle called and was like, my other nephew on the other side is living in Brooklyn and Williamsburg and needs a roommate. And I was like, well, it's going to be me. Perfect. <laughs> and then I went and then I was there. I thought I would live there for maybe a year or two. And I lived there for eight and a half years and is seminal part of my entire life. Um, is my time in New York. And yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, not to just completely gloss over college, but I, but that's sort of like the main part that got me to where I am now is like going to New York. And, um, I definitely thought I would be a fashion designer. And I realized that the fashion industry is, was very like out for number one cutthroat, um, you know, climbing the sort of corporate ladder. And I was like, that's super not me. I don't, I don't care about that. I wanted to make friends and people that you make friends with are interested in like, in like getting to the next level. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, right. So I sort of, I'm not, I didn't like leave fashion. I don't think if you're interested in something that you ever fully leave it, like there's a piece of it that's always a part of you and fashion will always be a part of me. It's, it's a part of how I dress or like my styling on Instagram or it's, I've incorporated into my blog, but it's not really, I don't want to have my own line. I don't want to be a designer. Um, that's mm-hmm. just, it's funny how like your priorities can shift. Cause that's all I wanted when I was in college and in high school for sure. Um, sure. But so you basically lived devil wears Prada. Sort of. I mean, I was only an intern in my internship for four months. And when it ended is is when I was like, no. So it wasn't a long time. Uh, I'm mm. a decisive person. I don't, I don't have a hard time making a decision. So when I really feel very strongly about something, then I make a move. And so I was like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be in this world. Like it's, it's sure. not for me. And so I sent out a bunch of resumes in New York cause I knew I wanted to stay there cause I really fell in love with the city. Um, and the, like the tempo and the culture, I felt like I was living in an episode of friends for the whole first year that <laughs> I was living in New York though. It was very strange. And then I ended up at a bridal shop in New York called Kleinfeld shop is sort of <laughs> the wrong word. Cause it was in season one of say yes to the dress, which is the show that, um, yeah. is based around that store, um, mm-hmm. that I started working there. So it was right before it became what it is now. Um, and if you watch season one, I'm in like some random, like, I think I'm in like two episodes as an actual, like myself doing my job. And then a bunch of them mm-hmm. are just sort of like random shots of me just walking around or, um, me with my friends or working. It's very like background stuff, but there are two episodes specifically that I'm actually in and it was, it was, cool. it was such a cool experience. I mean, working in the bridal industry, I worked there for almost, uh, almost six years, five and a half years, I'd say, um, oh. which is a long time. It's, I'm really big on the friendships that I make at a work, at a workplace. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who will do something, one thing for the rest of my life. I've had a lot of different jobs and I just am not. I'm not going to be like a tenured person in any field. It's just not who I am. Um, but the people that I meet in a job are really the reason why I stay somewhere for as long as I do sometimes, uh, and Mm -hmm. have in certain jobs. So the girls that I met there were, we were like band of brothers, band of sisters, (laughs) like, because bridal is insane. Brides are crazy people. Um, yes. Full respect to all brides out there, but you crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> and, 
And it's partly the the nature of the beast, the nature of planning a wedding, the nature of trying to organize two families into one is Mm -hmm. a crazy endeavor. And like the money that you spend and the expectations that people have on you, it's it's the reason why it, it, it is that way. So it's not their fault, but some of them are crazier than others. And so we sort of forged this bond from this crazy, insane atmosphere of not only working for brides, but working in a, an atmosphere where the TV show was becoming popular and we were getting more and more people at the store. And sort of like that uh, animal that was created by by say yes to the dress and the catchphrase and Randy Finoli and like the everything. Um, they shot a movie there called, uh, uh, confessions of a shopaholic, um, which I am in, uh, three scenes. Yeah. I actually got, um, a line cause it was during a writer's strike and it was PJ Hogan was the director. Who's the director of, um, my best friend's wedding. And it was Disney, Disney production. And with Isla Fisher and Kristen Ritter, who is now, um, Jessica Jones. Um, and yes, yep. they were coming to the store for Kristen Ritter's character was getting married and they were trying to find a dress. So I got there early. I'm a very punctual person. I don't like being late to things. So I got there very early and, uh, it was just supposed to be an extra. I got like 150 day rate, like whatever. And then I met the director and he was like, tell me about what you do. And I was like telling him about, you know, picking up dresses and picking out veils and, just the nature of the job. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to need you in this scene, this scene, this scene, and I'm going to need you to, to say this line. And I was like, oh, I get a line. Oh, wow, that's cool. I know. And so, like, my pay went up from, like, $150 to, like, $900 in a day, and it was amazing. I was like, this wow. is crazy. <laughs> are, are you credited? I'm not credited. I, it was, oh. like, at the director's, um, like, discretion, and I guess he didn't, you know, like, he met me for, like, 50 seconds and decided like what I did was enough to put in, but he didn't remember me when it came to post-production, which is fine. Um, cause I still get residuals for it. So whatever. What? Seriously? Yeah. You really do? Yeah. I got like $7 the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. I know. That's funny. It was really fun. And so, you know, hanging out with that and I was my own stand-in. So like I would do the scene with their stand-ins and then I did it with the actual actors. So it was like, it's 15 hours of just like, Doing the same. It was really fun. Like, if I was ever going to be an actress, that would have been the time to, like, spur off and do it because I really had a fun time doing that. So, yeah. Oh, it does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. My line also got cut from the movie. So, if you watch it, don't. Oh, no. Yeah, no. But my line, line? it was, it's taffeta. That's it? That was it? It was the line? That is the only line. (laughs) And it was, so it was during the writer's strike. They didn't have a script or they didn't have writers. And they were sort of, like, spitballing all these lines in the midst of it. And so we were in the one scene, which I am, I'm in the scene. They just caught my line and Isla Fisher's trying on her crazy pink bridesmaid dress. And we're like doing all these different things. And the director's like, so just pop over his shoulder and say, it's taffeta. And I was like, okay, I will do that. And it was, I mean, it was so much fun. And like the most random thing I'd ever been a part of because I wasn't expecting any of that, but it was, yeah. So, uh, confessions of a shopaholic, you will see me in three different scenes. I have very short hair. I look very different. I look like I'm wearing a, like yeah. a doctor's lab coat, but that's me. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So that was a cool experience to come out of that uh, crazy bridal world. <laughs> I bet. So the other big thing that happened while you were in New York City was Nerd in the City. Yes. My little baby blog was born in New York. Um, yeah. That's, that's where she was born. I was... Um, 
I was obsessed with Sex in the City. It was, it's one of my, I love that show. And I feel like I'm very much a Carrie Bradshaw person. And, um, I was dating in the city, not, not having sex in the city, but, um, <laughs> not to get too personal, but it was, I was dating a lot and I was having these like redonkulous, like dating experiences of being, being a nerd, being a nerdy girl. And like, uh, you know, not, I don't, this always sounds like it's a cocky thing, but it's just a thing. It's like an attractive nerdy girl. It's, you know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. sounds cocky, but oh, it's yeah. just facts. And so it was such a weird juxtaposition because I'd get these like best friend nerdy guys that would never ask me out. That would like, we'd be best friends and we would talk about everything mm-hmm. and we'd hang out and I'd accidentally dated one of them once because I didn't know we were dating because we were just friends, you know? And then like these sort of like mainstream football, normal, not normal, like mainstream guys, not normal at all. Not nerds. Non-nerds. Yes. That's the best way to put it. Um, that would be really attracted to me and ask me out and be like very upfront and, and forward about their intentions. But then as soon as like, they'd be like, what's your favorite movie? And I'd be like, Star Wars. And they'd be like, oh. You know, as soon as I would say like more than just it's Star Wars, you know, like I would actually expound on that and be like, and also here's my favorite movie and why, and this is why I like the prequels and this is my favorite character and blah, 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 blah. And I read the expanded universe and I really love like Mar Jade and like they would be like, uh, glazed over. (laughs) I've walked into the Twilight Zone sort of experience. And so I was like, this is strange. (laughs) And so I... I started a blog about it, which was really fun and really cathartic for me to like be able to have a place to write about it. And then I met so many people who were like, I experienced that too, guys and girls, guys who would be like, I'm that nerdy guy that doesn't have the courage to talk to you, or I'm that, I'm that nerdy girl who always experiences that too. Um, and so it was really cool to, to realize whenever you realize that you're not the only one experiencing something. It's very important to understand that and to see it from that Absolutely. perspective. So that's sure. that's what my blog date gave for me was like this sort of perspective that I'm not the only one experiencing that. Plenty of people experience it. Plenty of people figure out a way to still date or still do whatever they want with these sort of parameters, with these circumstances of life, which is true of anything. Um, right. So that was – that was where my whole little nerd in the city blog was born, which is awesome, and and you still continue that even though you're no longer in the city. Yes, um, you still talk about all sorts of things. You talk about life, you talk about dating, you talk about fashion, you talk about fitness, uh, whatever various things come to mind. You still blog, and you blog pretty regularly. And you have a lot of, I think, really cool and fun stuff on there. Thank you. Last year was tough. Um, 2016 was rough. And I, if you look back, there's not a lot of blogs from that whole year. Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, moving from New York, I thought it was going to be this like, oh, la-di-da, just switching locations. And it just ripped me apart because it was, I left my whole life behind. And I moved to a place where I have not been here and lived here since I was 18 years old. And I was a very different person then. And people who knew me experienced me in a very different way. I was a terrible student. I was much mousier. I didn't speak up for myself as much. I wasn't as vocal. I didn't curse as much. (laughs) Um, I didn't drink. I was, you know, like I didn't date. I, I 
had never dated when I was 18. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I just, it was weird coming back and having an expectation that really fell flat on its face as it should have, because my expectation, sometimes I have high expectations that, uh, are, are unrealistically met. (laughs) Um, that's a fact of my whole life, but, um, so last year was rough as far as blogging goes, and I couldn't seem to find a way to vocalize or or write about the things that I was feeling, and I didn't know I didn't know how to make it relatable because it just every blog post came out as like wham 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 down with life, like mm-hmm. I'm yep. like I'm over it, and I was like, well, first of all, this isn't a place. I, it's it's not like a Debbie Downer. Like I don't want it to be that, but it's also real. So sometimes you have to talk about that. Yes. Um, so it was t- last year was tough, but now I feel like I'm getting back into the groove of it and finding ways to even painful things are still relatable and even painful things are funny. Like what you're saying in the beginning about how dating they're funny. They, some of them are ridiculous and really like in the middle of it. I was like, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Or this is, <laughs> or this hurts like hell or like whatever. But now looking back on it, I'm able to find the humor in it. Whereas I couldn't in the midst of it sometimes. And so it's mm-hmm. helpful to have a platform like that. And I'm grateful. And which is what my web series was in New York, um, which was really, uh, so this happened was very much like my way of commenting on a series of events that I really didn't understand why they were happening. <laughs> but and, I, and your web series was fantastic. In fact, the, the music you. actually still is kind of in my head a little bit. Everyone always says that. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. I mean, these were shorts. These were just like, what, three to five minutes? Yeah, I think none of them were longer than four, like two to four. So one of them, a couple of them were like a minute and a half, like very short, quick little tales. Yeah, so these were done. They looked like they were done um, because I remember the backdrop was your door that looked like the door from the inside of your bedroom. Yeah, it was my bedroom. It was my closet door. Um, and then on my bookshelf, my actual bookshelf, but I staged it to look really nice because usually my, right. usually my bookshelf <laughs> is a little bit more, um, haphazard. <laughs> so I, we did take a lot. My, my producer, Christina, who's one of my best friends, her blog is the, the littlest fowler. Um, and she, she, we just became friends after like this really hard time in New York of like losing some friends over some some stuff and just really sort of a disillusioned time in my, in New York and what I, what I thought was some life, some lifelong friendships that really broke apart. And I felt like I was just swimming in the middle of nothing. And I, and she'd been somebody I'd known for a long time, but we became, I don't know, just, just really close and just found this new understanding that was a godsend of, uh, at a time when I just was like at my wit's end. And I told her sort of like what I was interested in doing. And she's like, well, this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to make it mm-hmm. happen. And it would never have happened without her at all. Like she is the reason why that happened because I, I really have a very strong right brain <laughs> and <laughs> I need that sort of person who like, I need that person that levels out those uh, you know, hurricane tendencies and somebody who can really ground me. And she really was like, I I still, I mean, she's still my producer, still my partner. And she's always, whenever I have something, I'm like, I want to do this. And she's like, well, here's the reasons why you should. And here's the ways that you can, and here's the limitations Mm. that you're going to come up against. And that's sure. She really makes it very like easy for me to understand how to make my creativity real, which is such a cool thing to have. Um, so yeah, she's the only reason why that happened, but it was, 
Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to make a new, like a, like a follow up sort of single girl's tale. Cause I'm uninterested in dating <laughs> anymore, really. <laughs> as far as like classical dating goes, like if, if I met somebody who, uh, you know, was, you know, I don't know, countercultural enough to spark my interest and not the status quo of like, let's get married, have babies and buy a house, which is like super not what I want to do ever. Um, right. Then I would consider, uh, dating that human, but, um, that's not happened yet. So I don't know what a follow up would look like as far as I don't have that many dating stories. I have some, I tried Tinder in December and it was, oh no. <laughs> it was gr- grown. No. When we talked about 80s and 90s pop culture, your, your web series was that right amount of factors and you were in that right place in your life to make that happen and make it relevant and it worked for you and you had this stream of material that you could use and all that and Mm -hmm. you know maybe right now isn't necessarily the time to to pick it up again but it may happen again soon you know you you may get all those factors to come together that is that is a great that is a great perspective of that and it's i keep i think i've especially last year when I was just trying to find anything to spark my creativity. I was just trying to pull it out of nowhere and you can't sometimes, uh, it's just like creativity is hard to force. Yeah. And even, even blogging, like you said, last year was a rough year for it. Yeah. Um, you know, writer's block is legit. Yeah. It's a real Uh, thing. (laughs) Whether it is fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is, writer's block is a serious thing that you just, you can sit there and it could be, you know, write about the stapler that's in front of you. And there's so much you could do to talk about that stapler, but it, the words are not there. Yeah. You know, and, to, but tomorrow could be totally different. Right. That stapler and you could, could start. Endless pages about that stapler. Yeah. That stapler could have a love story you don't even know about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The thing that sort of sparked me back into, uh, like, my inspiration in my blogging was this. I did a fitness series that I'm in the midst of blogging about now that I did in January mm-hmm. based on eight of the Disney princesses. And so that sort of. I started doing that and I got really inspired by it and I like lost 25 pounds and like just found like a focus in the midst of like crazy Disney fitness, whatever that, um, that really like helped me refocus and it was something that was fun and that I could really like dive into cause I, I'm, I have like that personality that like when I'm interested in something, like I put everything into it. I'm like, what were mm-hmm. they wearing? What did they listen to? What was their hair like? Mm-hmm. What makeup would they would have had? What? You know, what movies did they watch? What would they have eaten? And I like get super into it. So that really sparked my creative juices once again. Well, and you do things thematically when, when you hit your, your themes, I think you tie things together really well. So thanks. Yeah. Like you, you, you do the, you're doing the, the Disney fitness thing. Um, you have done the, uh, several times you've done like a month of, hairdos. Yes, I do 30 days of nerdy hair. Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, not that I'm jealous or anything, because I have none. <laughs> um, but I, I think like, when you do those, it's fun. I look forward to seeing those every morning when you post that. <laughs> because it's just so cool, and I love that you do the, the video of you actually doing it and putting it together. It's absolutely hilarious. It's really well done. Thanks. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and I'm a guy and you're doing women's hairdos. 
I think it's it's the greatest thing. It really it's fantastic. I try to incorporate some men's hairdos too. I did Legolas and I did Hercules and I did the Cowardly Lion and I try to incorporate men's too. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that you like them. I actually get a lot of good response from men about a lot of my content, which I I mean I don't feel like it's particularly like girly, other than like hairstyles I guess are girly. Uh, in a certain, I, I don't think that they are though, but I guess they can be categorized that way by a lot of people. But, um, I've been surprised and continue to be surprised by how many guys I get following me and like interested in like, Hey, like, why don't you try this hairstyle? And I'm like, that's awesome. Like that makes my day when a dude is yeah. like, why don't you do this hairstyle? I'm like, <laughs> I will do it. Absolutely. Just cause you asked me. Um, but I do have a, I'm hoping to do a new series. It'll be my seventh series. I think, uh, maybe eighth. I'm not sure. Um, of 30 days of nerdy hair in September, I believe. So cool. a new one coming up. I have to figure out what my 30 hairstyles will be. I try not to do the same ones twice. Although last time, because I did, um, videos, I did repeat a couple ones I had done in the past. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We will see about that. <laughs> T- tell me, give me a little behind the scenes stuff because I, I obviously, and, and I don't mean to spoil the illusion of it, but <laughs> like when you did the, the videos of them. So the setup is you wake up in the morning and you're doing this hair. I don't think you're actually doing this every morning. So I have to imagine like, okay, so you create your list. And then maybe in the same day you're doing three or four of these is, and you're just shooting them. What's, what's your, what's your process with this? Pull, pull back the curtain a little bit and tell, tell me what you do and how you do it. So in every other series of it before last year's, um, so I think last year was series six. So one through five, I started it. I don't know, uh, maybe four years ago. Cause I've done a couple of them. I've done twice in one year. Um, so, Every other series that I've done has been true to waking up in the morning and doing my hair every mm. every morning. And so wow. I would create the list ahead of time so I would know what to expect, what accessories I would need. And because I have very, very curly hair, I have a very specific texture I'm working with. So I would be mm-hmm. – uh, you know, like after I wash it, it's super curly and then I'll have it like one or two good days of curly hair. And then if I straighten it, I'll have one or two good days of straight hair because I don't wash my hair every day or every, mm-hmm. it's like maybe every four or five days because of the texture of my hair. I can't wash it that often. Um, it's just mm-hmm. how my hair works. So I would create this master list and sort of know what's coming up and what to expect and, and be able to prep the hair from day to day. So, but back then I would get up in the morning early, do my hair, and then wear that hairstyle all day. And then people would ask me in the, it was also sort of like a, uh, like a calling card for my, my blog. I'd, they'd be, I'd be like, well, here, check out more about it on my blog. And I'd give him one of my cards. That's cool. And so, awesome. but when I did the videos, um, I realized the way I had structured it because I wanted to invite people to do their own versions, which some people did. So I put the list out ahead of time. And I didn't Mm -hmm. do it the way I always had done it. So my hair isn't, my hair won't work (laughs) unless I think through like curly straight wash, curly straight wash. And so I had to do them a different way. So I definitely, there were some days where I filmed more than one at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not the way I prefer to do it. So I think when I'm in September, even if I do videos, I think what I'm going to do is return to the way like before 
and and prep the list ahead of time. That way, uh, I it can I can wear them throughout the day. Well, like I, I mean, like I did like Marge Simpson. Like I'm not gonna wa- on a Sunday, and I work <laughs> on Sunday, so I can't like wear Marge Simpson blue hair up on stage at church. Like that's just that's not gonna work. So that was another factor. Like if I'm traveling somewhere, what hair am I gonna be wearing in the airport? Like if I have a wedding, right. what hair am I gonna wear at the wedding? Like I don't want to wear Cruella Deville, half white, half black at a wedding. You know? <laughs> sure. So those things I did not prepare for in September. So I had to sort of um, orchestrate them differently. But uh, but every other time they have been very true to like waking up, doing the hair, wearing it all day. So this was the only wow. time I've diverged from that. Um, yeah. So Now you have – so when you did your web series, you, you had people. I did have people. Which was great. And I mean like – some really good production quality for something that was just done in your bedroom. And I kind of just made that sound like porn. Um, <laughs> it <sorry>. wasn't porn. <laughs> don't, don't, don't like sound bite that one. <laughs> People, please. <laughs> and so the stuff that you do and like, you have a great Instagram account and you take a lot of pictures. Um, I love Instagram. It's my favorite social media platform. It's really great, and you put a lot of stuff up on there, and you put a lot of stuff onto Twitter also. And uh, so even for when you do, like last time when you did the, the 30 Days of Nerdy Hair and you did the video, that is – now, do you do all that on your own, and you're doing some kind of camera setup? What's what's your whole thing there? Because even sometimes you just put random pictures of like, hey, here's me out on my porch or something or outside my house – but very clearly, it's not you with a selfie stick. Is is that somehow you still taking your own picture, or is someone else taking the pictures for you? How does what what do you do with all that? Yeah, that's just always me. Um, there's I have a tripod that I sometimes use, or I also just like have gotten good at propping my phone up on things and finding mm-hmm. the angles that I want. Um, mm-hmm. But usually, just me. Um, yeah, unless I have like my my official photo shoot from my for my princess uh, boot camp is actually my my producer friend Christina. She's taking all those pictures, and it was we took them all down in Miami. We had the like she she scouted locations, and then so she actually used her professional camera, and they're much better than my normal everyday ones. But um, nice. my yeah, no, I take all my own, um, and my videos were just uh, I used Filmora Go which is an app um, on my phone because I don't like using I, – I mean, iMovie is very uh, comprehensive and it's got everything you could ever need, but it's like so many options I get really overwhelmed by it. So mm. I like an app that like makes it super easy. Um, and so Filmora Go is like what I use for all of that because you can speed up and you can slow down. You can add music, whatever. Um, but for my series, I had like uh, a friend at church who was really great at lighting and um, – Christina's husband worked in sound and video production. So he got me all the equipment I need, like a shotgun mic and, um, you know, everything. And then my brother is a great videographer and editor. So he did all the editing. So it was really, uh, a team effort, which I love. And I don't have as much right now here in Florida. Like I haven't established a team of people to like, if I, cause I have a lot of ideas all the time 
Like I'll be like, Oh, I just want to do this one thing. And I'm like, I don't have any people. Um, (laughs) and I haven't gotten good at like finding them yet, but I had like such a good team in New York that like knew me and knew my style. And, um, I cast all my actors from friends or through friends. It was all like friend of a friend of a friend. And, um, I utilized as many people as I knew as I possibly could, which was cool. So, um, problem is I don't know as many people down here as I knew up in New York. So I, I think that's part of why it's been difficult to sort of like repeat certain successes that I had in New York. Um, but again, like you were saying, it's not repeating them. It's coming up with a new formula. So I guess I just haven't figured out what my Florida formula is yet. Um, but it's different and that's okay. And I'm trying to figure out like, what are my, Christina really wants me to turn the web series into a book. Um, that is her like pet, pet, project passion that she feels very strongly about that because there are pieces of each story because it's all based in fact of so so this happened my web series that mm-hmm. that I didn't have time to tell in this in the context of the episode but that are still relevant to life or or relatable as far as like hilarious dating shenanigans go <laughs> sure um so I I guess it's hard because I feel like I told the stories really well via web series that I haven't found like a way to retell them that doesn't feel like I'm just doing like a less great version of what we already did. So I'm still trying to figure out like where that fits into everything, but she's very passionate about that. And she's like, no, you have to do this because as you, the way you tell them and the way that you write is so, is so much, it's how you speak and how you, interact with people that there's still more to the story. So I love that she believes that in me, which is super cool (laughs) Um, to have somebody like think the best of you is like a really cool thing and absolutely very like uh, inspiring. So we'll see. That's like on the long game, sort of like the slate for the long, the long list. I have a short list. I have a long list. I have a lot of lists. Well, but you are so creative and everything that you have put yourself into, um, you you put a lot of energy into it, and that just very clearly leads to a lot of success. Thanks. So you you have done a lot of awesome things, and I think I mean, who knew you know three years ago that you and I would be doing stuff together? Uh, nobody, and it's awesome. It is. It is. So I mean, I'm so thrilled, you know, that that we get to do this stuff together, and so on. Random chatter, uh, and I preface this i you know i do an intro that i record separately to this and we'll have um some mention of it also in in the outro but uh you and i are on uh the random chatter show together yes where we talk about kind of the full range of pop culture stuff current events yeah yeah current events uh all sorts of things going on whether it's movies tv uh maybe some games all sorts of things that are happening and then, uh, and then you and I, along with another host, Jonas, uh, are working together on our super secret project, which, uh, people need to stay tuned to the random chatter show, uh, which we will, uh, be revealing that hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Pumped for that. So yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited that, that we get to do stuff together and we get to continue to do stuff together. Uh, you are just so creative and your personality is just awesome. Um, you are just so fun to work with. And, uh, I mean, hey, you know, we had a lot of fun when we did the, uh, the movie draft. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. 
it, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we started, folks, the, the, <laughs> please, if, if, well, the, the movie draft will be released very shortly. I know. When is it coming out? Next week, right? It should, sometime this week. Oh. It should be. It'll, it will probably come out before this episode does. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. not too long before it, I would expect. And, uh, you know, you hear Liz and I, we <laughs> kind of trash talk each other through the whole thing. We do. The trash talk started before the episode even started recording. Um, it started on Slack. It started on Slack for sure. Yeah, it started on Slack. I think there's some on Twitter. And then through the entire episode, uh, Lizzie and I trash talk each other. And, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's, yeah, and it is all in good fun. Liz, Liz and I, we, we, we get along really well. So it was, it was fun to do that. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. <laughs> I am going to lose hands down in this movie draft. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, you um, will. And I, to me, too. <laughs> well. I have good picks. Come on. My picks are solid. For some reason, I allowed you to have Atomic Blonde. And that is a movie that I've been so excited about for like the last three months. I take umbrage with the word allow. I fought for Atomic Blonde and I earned my win. <laughs> I had the credits and I could have kept on going, but I got a little too gun shy with it. Yeah. That does not sound like you allowing me to take it. That sounds like me kicking your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Like an atomic blonde would. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So no, that, that film, um, that film will do real well. I will definitely be in the theater to see it on opening weekend. Me too. Uh, when it comes out later this month and, um, yeah, it's, it's, Charlize really is one of my spirit animals. So I people always say that I like I look like I don't think I look like her, but people say that because I'm tall and have sort of a characteristic feature that that tall sort of kick ass blonde female sort of thing. Um, so I get I get that a lot when people say like, oh, you remind me of Charlize. I don't think that I do, but she's a spirit animal for sure. I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I, I think it's just, uh, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think the movie is a great move for her. It's going to be awesome. Loved her as Furiosa. Ah. But, I mean, I've been a fan of hers back to uh, Sweet November. Yeah. That she did with Keanu Reeves. I forgot about Sweet November. Way to pull that back in the history books. Yeah, and it was that that was that was a great movie. I mean it it kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. Really really great movie though for for both of them, I think. And uh gosh, I mean just everything that she's been in has been fantastic and I think that this is this is a totally different move for her. Yeah, I love it. But it's a it's a good logical progression after Mad Max. I just I just rewatched Mad Max last weekend, or the, I, it's one of the ones that I just rewatch periodically all the time because it's, I don't know, like, how I feel, like, I feel like I belong in an apocalypse. I just want to say this before (laughs) we, uh, you know, wrap it up. But like, I think that I would do really well in a sort of end of world scenario. So I like to watch them because I feel like it, it makes me, it like validates that weird feeling I have about my life. Of like feeling like I would I belong in an apocalypse. I don't know why, but anyways, I was watching it, and I did a blog that hasn't come out yet. It's going to be out uh, later, but it's about how Mad Max and Furiosa are like my relationship goals for like life. <laughs> they are my OTP for sure, um, and so I am just 
I say I, I've always loved her, but it's just especially after Furiosa, and I think especially coming out of like the Wonder Woman success female empowerment sort of mm-hmm. situation, that it's going to get a whole lot of extra love out of that whole movement too. Um, that has been yeah. long time coming. So uh, I am all about that Charlize Theron business, and James McAvoy's in it too, so that doesn't hurt. Yes, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic movie. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So before we close out here, Lizzie, is there anything that you want to plug that you want to direct our listeners toward? Um, well, as we've mentioned, my blog is nerdinthecity.com. And right now I'm in the midst of my Disney Princess boot camp. We are in Rapunzel week starting today. So that means lots of rock climbing and lots of folk dancing and lots of purples and pinks and flowers. Um, and, so, and cast iron pans, apparently. Yeah, and, and frying pans. Who knew? Um, <laughs> which I did like a, I did like a kettleball, kettlebell lifting as like my frying pan lifting. Although I could have just lifted frying pans, I think. They weigh enough. You could have. Um, yeah, yeah, good size cast iron pan is, is, Pretty hefty. Right? Like, just get two of them and just alternate. I think that would have done the Mm -hmm. trick. Um, So that's what's happening on my blog right now. And that's also represented a little bit on my Instagram, though I sort of mix everything up on my Instagram, just whatever comes to my mind. A lot of, like, Disney sing-alongs. So if you don't like Disney, then don't come there. But um, if you do, it's at Nerd in the Sand because I live in Florida. And I'm Sandy Beachy Girl now. Um and then my Twitter is still. There are a lot of Disney sing-alongs. So just, many Disney sing-alongs. Just, just saying. Don't pretend. Like a lot of them. Don't pretend. No, they're fun though. That you don't love it, and that you don't they wish that it was you a little bit. You do, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you should respond with your own, Tim. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. One of these days, I'll I'll do my own Disney sing-along. Oh, you got that it. sounded super not sarcastic at all. I really yeah, believed you. Totally committal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then my um, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Although not much happening on YouTube yet. I have a lot of things I'm thinking of, but I'm not haven't done. Um, are all nerd in the city. And, um, on there you'll find, on my YouTube, you'll find my web series. I've also done Chris, Star Wars Christmas carols. I write my own parodies. Um, and so hoping to do music video at some point of some of those. Um, and so that's everything that I have going on in life. Uh, you never know what will come up next because my brain does not know one thing. It just wants to do all the things. So... I'm, I'm also, a uh, Themyscira boot camp will be coming up soon for a Wonder Woman boot camp and coinciding with the DVD release of Wonder Woman. So. Wow. That's look a, at that. Yes. You even have things timed out with, with other releases. Or, or are they timed with you? That's the real question. I think that they might be timing with me. They know what's up. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Awesome. Yeah. Liz, I could talk to you for hours more. Same, um, Tim. And I will. That's the thing because we we have <laughs> a couple of great podcasts that uh, that we're doing together for hopefully a very long time. So yeah, we'll be secretly talking together very soon, won't we? Yes, we will. Secretly. Yes, we will. <laughs> very secretly. We can't talk about it. No, no, you didn't Un- hear that until we talk about it. Right. It's like Fight Club. It's the same as, see, I think I belong in a fight club too. I just feel like anywhere where I could be using my fisticuffs and not get sued. I would be so afraid of you. I would be awesome in a fight club. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be serious. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, Lizzie, thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. You're awesome. Lots of fun talking to you. Same. Always is. <laughs> and we'll be talking to you more. I hope you enjoyed our fifth episode of Random Chatter Interviews featuring Liz Twachman. You can catch Liz co-hosting the Random Chatter Show with Lou and I right here on this feed. Be sure to follow Liz on Twitter at Nerd in the City. You can find the Random Chatter Network online at randomchatter.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork, and on Twitter at randomchatter. Send emails to randomchatter at randomchatter.com. You can find me, Qui-Gon Tim, on Twitter at Qui-Gon Tim. That's Tim with two M's. If you like what we're doing here at Random Chatter, be sure to spread the word. Tell your friends and leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We also appreciate some financial support to help us keep feeding you the porterhouse of podcasting. Visit patreon.com slash randomchatter to show us some love. Even a dollar a month gets you access to our Slack channel where you can hang out every day with hosts, staff, and other fans. The music featured on Random Chatter Interviews is Kaboom by I Fight Dragons. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned on the Random Chatter feed for more Random Chatter Interviews coming at you all summer long.